When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. From the fifth quarter studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey everybody, episode 700. I can't believe we're at 700. 700. That's more than two years because I know we didn't do these we didn't do these five, seven days a week when we started out. But before we dive into the podcast and do part two here with Coach Neil and about building a program, um, go over and check out teach, check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. It allows us to keep 700 podcasts moving. It allows us to do all these things. Um, also, go over and check out Dr. Dish, the number one shooting machine on the market. Mention Coach Unplugged. They'll give you $350 off your next purchase. All right, let's head off to the podcast. It's a coaching handbook. That's the first thing I did was do a coach. This is what I want. Let's talk about it. And then we, you know, it's probably gone through four or five different changes over the years. This is what we want. This is what we believe in. This is how we should do it. Here's how things should go. And then as a coaching staff, we sit down and talk about it. And then, oh, we should try this. It's like, okay, you know, and I've changed. If you looked at it 20 years ago, it's not the same as it is right now. It's changed a lot. All right, keep going, coach. I'm sorry. No, you're good. Um, we wanted to have enthusiastic de- excuse me, dedication from our coaches and athletes. Um, we wanted to train leaders year-round, like we said earlier. We wanted to emphasize um, skill development, speed, agility, strength, and conditioning. Those were huge emphasis that we wanted to have in our program. We wanted to reach out and have a personal relationship with each one of them. Those were making that reality. And then, in, 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 and this is important. This is probably the most important one is in, by implementing a program that works for us. And the best way that I can describe that is, is my first year, you know, um, we had to teach a lot of terminology and communication and the way we spoke not because the prior coach didn't teach that, but our philosophies and stuff were different. And so we had to teach them our language, our communication. Yeah, so this, first of all, I can tell that came from your military background, I'm sure. Yeah. Because um, I remember reading a book about this. Basically, it's my table of contents. Like, here's how we're going to, this is how we're going to refer to as, you know, help side. And, you know, some mm-hmm. people talk strong side or ball side. I want everybody talking the same language because otherwise in the, in the fog of war, 
I can use a, a, an analogy again. If you're not all using the same terms, people aren't going to understand, and that's where misdirection happens. 100%. And that's so young and coaches that are listening, start working on that. Work on your table of contents. Work on your glossary. Here's how I'm going to refer to, you know, ball side or help side or strong side. or what? Are, how are you going to talk about screens and all those things? You will be amazed how quickly several sheets of paper fill up. Um, but you just want it to be uniform because there's too many different ways coaches talk about specific and and i would say the evolution of where we were four years ago to where we are now is is night and day and we knew that it was going to be an uh, evolving process from where we started we couldn't just throw when we first took over one we had different we not that we didn't have good athletes we had good athletes but we had different style athletes and i think fitting your team is huge but um we knew the style in which we wanted to play we just couldn't get there in that first year and i would say probably couldn't get there in that first two years just because they were it was a different version of how we wanted to build it um and so it, it was going to be a huge process and we couldn't do it just in one or two years so we still had to do things for those kids those pro those teams to be successful so we started off having our languages and and we kept it as basic as possible where they were very successful we ran a ball screen continuity which is really not exactly what i wanted to do but it was what was going to be best for the team with their personnel we had that year and they ran it very well and then that's evolved into even more like where we got we, i wanted to to go more motion but i couldn't teach motion in the first year by taking over that because there was such a big learning curve and it would have set them up. And so we wanted to go more to a motion um, style offense. Well, that translation, that transitioned into, you know, teaching language where we're really, uh, instead of continuity driven, we're more action driven motion. And, um, and our language now plays a huge part of that. Like we speak, we talk about it, like we speak a different language than everybody else does. And, right. and, and when somebody says, and, and a lot of this stuff I've, I've taken from Mike neighbors, who was the Wisconsin, or excuse me, was the Washington head girls coach. And then now had one of the best players in the country and Chelsea Plum, or excuse me, Kelsey Plum. And then, um, and then has uh, the university of Arkansas job. Now he's from, he's from Arkansas and came back home, but you know, he, he has his own language and I, I've had multiple conversations with him and we he's a good guy. He's not a, he's not a household name per se. Um, but he will be big. If you haven't had a chance to listen to Mike neighbors, do yourself a favor because that guy shares so much. He's got a, a newsletter. Yeah. He, I mean, he, he, and he's so well with our high school coaches. I mean, if I called him or text him right now, I would say within five minutes, he's going to answer me. And he's probably going to have like a essay version of how he wants to explain it. Right. Um, if not, he's going to tell me to come up to his office. And so that's how, that's how cool it's, it's awesome to have coaches like that that are willing to share. But anyways, we took some stuff on the evolution of our offense and we, we, um, we got to where we are now and we couldn't do that in year one. So we had to have an implement, uh, implement a program that worked for us. And, but also having that long, long-term vision and maintaining that vision of where you want to be. and I would say in year four we are where we want to be offensively and defense so I had a program action plan these are some of the things that I wanted to hit right when I got feet on the ground right when I started is go through the relationships develop strength be consistent we wanted to focus on nutrition I think that was important um, we want to develop great shooting habits we didn't want them just to um, only have shooting habits in practice we wanted yeah. to develop them outside we focused on form all the way down and then that was early 
and then emphasize emphasis on details and attention to details um, and then having confidence in yourself and your teammates I think that was like our initial what what are the main things we want to focus on right from the back and then the other thing is this is huge for us is if you want recognition and if you want your community to be excited about what you're doing you can't keep everything in-house you can't keep all of your accomplishments just with yourself and and we live in a technology technological world where at the touch of a uh, at the touch of a button anybody can access any bit of information and so we want to highlight all the great things that our athletes are doing not only inside of basketball but outside in the community as well because everybody sees that and uh so one of the things that we talked about with my administration is when we before we didn't have any of that nobody knew what good things that our our kids were doing unless it came out in the paper and those were fewer um it just didn't happen as much and so and our local paper tries to do a great job with recognizing things but they don't recognize everything and that was i felt like that was our job as a staff important important uh deal marketing it's marketing you got to market your program that goes back to building your brand building your brand what you stand for um at the front of the page you know one of the things that we had a new ad uh probably four years ago one of the things he took over is he redid our logo and it was huge because like our logo we had a good logo we made it our own it was kind of like a copyrighted logo we had it looked like the atlanta hawk logo right um and so we made it our own and one of those logos that you see on the front of my uh, presentation was the things we look that's a that's a statewide brand now because of the things that our coaching staff has done and we provided an awesome logo that everybody recognizes when they see it you know 10 right. years ago we may have not known where p ridge arkansas was right in our state and i think that if you talk to any sports media anybody around our location um in, in the state of arkansas is, is going to look at that and go yeah that's i know where, i know exactly where period um, promoting our program so here's some highlights that we did um we took some canvas stuff this is a kid that was a uh, all-state honorable mention kid um gonna be a phenomenal all these She's a junior, going to be a phenomenal starter for me coming back. Another kid that was an all-conference honorable mention. Um, another, we just took that and we, we posted that on Twitter. Um, and here, here's some other Twitter posts. Like Kids love that. Love it. And they eat it up. And our community loves it. I mean, our community yep. is sitting there. I'll get, a, I'll get a direct message saying, hey, coach, congratulations on this. And, and I, I didn't even know this was happening. <laughs> right. And yeah. so um, it's just they, they eat that up. And it's one way to highlight your kids, even the ones that don't always get the recognition. You know, um, I think it's important. Like we highlight birthdays. Uh, I don't miss birthdays. I make sure, and my girls sometimes get frustrated with me because I want a picture on the birthdays. And the bottom right is is a set of twins I've got down here, and it's their birthday. That's something that's small, but our community gets to recognize it. Um, it reminds our team, hey, it's that it's that kid's birthday, so they don't forget. Um, and and we celebrate that those those things. One, it highlights the kid, and I, that's the number one. It's important to me. That's the relationship part um, because somebody may not, somebody may have forgot their birthday. You know, those are, those are the small things. You know, when we go state bound and we go, uh, you know, a news article from the uh, that the Democrat Gazette did, and so we we tag it and we push it through our media, and then everybody else in our community sees it. Our boys program retweets it. We retweet stuff from them, and it builds a sense of unity and community within our programs. And uh, it's it's again building your brand. And so I think it's important to, to promote, promote, 
everything, academically, community uh, involvement, um, anything that you can promote with your kids. I had an action plan of, of a one, three, five year plan. I think that's important. Um, yes, map, we, it's like, it's like, it's like mapping out the season. You got to map out your plan for your program too. Yep. It says up here, set program goals. The things that I want to talk about, this is now uh, my, my version has changed on that. If you've never read, read burn your goals by uh, Josh Medcalf, you need to, you need to spend some time reading that. That's a great literature. And it talks about, uh, you know, this is before, this is, I kind of had this a vision of, of what I want to do, but it talks about standards driven instead of goal driven. And so that kind of intertwines. I know it's a set program goals, but it, he talks, Josh Metcalf talks about burning your goals and, and being standard driven instead of uh, goal driven. And it's a phenomenal book, by the way, if you haven't read it. But in year one, we wanted to set that foundation, our core values, our expectations, our terminology. We wanted to align our programs all the way down from youth groups all the way up to our senior high programs. We wanted to install that FCA program and, and build character. We wanted to be getting, building strong relationships between coaches and our families and parents in our community. We wanted to get a hold of fundraising. That's an important for a young coach. And then we wanted to compete, the, the word being compete in our classification. I didn't say we wanted to be out here and, and win that we wanted to compete and we felt like we could do that in year one. If you got to walk things. before you could run people. Yep. Yeah. By year three, we wanted to strengthen all that stuff with terminology and build on it. We wanted to implement the FCA program down. Um, and then we were looking at moving up at classification at the time. And so we wanted to get ready to move into the 5A and then compete in the 5A conference title or whatever playoff. Um, and then by year five, we were all the way down um, being self-sufficient with fundraising, not necessarily having to rely so much on budgeting. And then we wanted to be competing for conference titles and state titles. And I could say that in year three, we won a conference title. This this year was the first time in 11 years that our team has been, that a girls team has been to the state tournament. We finished in the lead eight. We got beat out by the defending champs. You, you, um, you, you got to finish your season? Got to finish it. Yeah, we finished it the week before. A team in our conference actually was down day before their final game and got canceled. So they were actually in hotel in hot springs for their final and got canceled and he's his his their coach is named brad johnson he's a good friend of mine and we played them four times this year and uh throughout conference play and tournament play and they were good they I, they had a really good shot at winning it and uh, that's tough did the boys so the boys definitely didn't make it then huh our school or just in general in general did they no so we play the boys and girls at the same time so they okay. They, okay. they uh it's over a span of three days or two days something like that two or three days and um anyways they start early and they go a different classification so they go 1a girls 1a boys 2a girls 2a boys and okay so they got the first day in and so the 1a's and 2a's had state title winners for boys and girls oh okay but then 3a up to 6a got canceled and so it was unfortunate our our, our association i think uh, you know they they probably caught a lot of heat because they named um state champions for both teams because uh but i think they did it right by kids. i mean that yes anything after t i have no problem with that yeah um if you if you're in the finals you're a champion whatever well i yeah We'll count you the state, but it's problem. Like our boys only got to the elite eight mm -hmm. or sweet 16. And so it's like, what are you going to do? It's like, you're just done. Like it's yeah. over at that point. Yeah. yeah. So that was a big hurdle for our kids. I mean, we, we made it state tournament. That was huge, you know, and I think that goes back to like, uh, you know, burning your goals. That was a goal for ours, you know, and I think, you know, Josh talks about in his book, you know, you get to that point, well, you've already reached your goal. So you really have, you don't really aspire to go farther. Right. And, and so there's no like upset about it once, you know, you got beat and it's coaches we want them to reach their potential not what their goal is 
And so now, did we get beat out by a better team at the time? Yeah, I think I think at the time they they were playing better basketball than us. Um, I didn't want you know just because we reached our goal that it was over. Um, right. Because at that at that sense, you know, then you're you're building unrealistic goals. So, anyways, that's a burn your goals, Josh Medcalf. Outstanding. Setting expectations in your program is huge. For your student athletes, you want them to stick to your core values. You want them to be a competitor with everything they do um, in basketball and in the classroom. I think faith, family, and basketball was big things for us. Um, one of the biggest pet peeves I've got is no profanity. I don't I don't handle profanity very well. Um, our kids know that. That's including the social media, and I think obviously our normal school rules. Um, you probably have to deal with that with boys probably more than I do with girls. But um, the profanity thing is hard. It's slips too it it's does like, yeah it, it does. slips it does. and it you know and it does for us too as coach sometimes i mean I, I i try not to do it anywhere in public how does the military deal with oh you've heard the term cuss like a sailor they don't i mean it's is that true oh yeah we got <laughs> military got bad mouth but okay that's what i thought i thought that i, I just didn't want to jump to that conclusion that that was the way it was <laughs> no but, but I, we, it was. I mean i think i've slipped maybe two times in five years yeah so i try not to and and uh we've got to have the same expectations as our and so um right. so our coaching staff's expectations is we want to make sure that we're the the firm foundation of those core values that we're following those as well we're committed and loyal um, to not only our program, but our administration, to the head coach, to our athletes and our peers around us. We work harder and more efficiently than anybody else. That, that's got to be an expectation for us. Um, we have high communication between staff to attend all staff meetings and practices on time. I think that's important. Um, and then and then having that positive work attitude of wanting to be there and wanting to, to be better treating all athletes with dignity and respect that's out that's not just in our program that's outside as well going to football games going to other events and, and treating kids how they you know should be treated and, and being respectful because they'll, they'll turn around and come to our games because we did that right and then, um, and then just be first class and then I had my own expectations. I had expectations for myself. Four values, again, number one, clearly developed a program vision and plan to implement that. I, I showed that in this presentation. I want to work harder and more effectively than any other. I want to surround the athletes with people of high character and expectations that go to the staff, that may be guest speakers. I wanted to put as many high character people in front of them as I can. I want to be organized and prepared at all times. Have athletes that properly supervise and care for to be, this is, in, this is huge, is to be a great ambassador of our program and our school system. I think that- Yeah, quote unquote, you your own players are your best recruiters because they're marketing your product or your brand. I, I agree. I mean, that's, they're ambassadors. They're, they're mm -hmm. the ones that the little girls want to look up to and want to become, I know. Absolutely. I mean, we go, you know, we, we try to go down and uh, mingle with the elementary kids and, and do a lunch buddy system and, and those type of things that, that just, it gets our kids out. One gets our kids out and being recognized within our school system. But our kids, you know, those those younger kids are fired up to see who our kids are and, and see them. But we want to be great ambassadors, uh, and we want to sell what we do. Um, we want others to envy that, and then promote. I think that's a huge thing in coaching is you've got to promote not only your kids, um, like we talked about on social media, and not only your program, like we talked about on social media, but you've got to promote your staff. That is huge. You've got, if your staff is doing great things for you and they aspire to be head coaches in the future, you've got to promote them within and sell them just as much as you yep. sell yourself yep. and your own program. It's like being a freshman player and a sophomore player and then a varsity player. The coaches want to do the same things. You want coaches like that. You definitely want coaches like that. And you, you hit it on the head earlier saying, 
you know, you wouldn't be where you are if it, you didn't have the staff. I'm not naive to that. My guys are phenomenal uh, and, and they are going to be great head coaches and I would do anything in the world to help them reach their goals. Right. And, and I, as a coach, have got to promote that not only to yes. um, our kids, but other coaches around our area that ask and through um, giving them a sense of ownership within our program. You know, I think it's important that I'm not the only, I'm not the only brain in the office that right. I've got to take, I've got to value, or excuse me, I've got to um, take what they say and, 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 and respect it, hear it. I've got to make the final decision. That relationship grows over time as well. And, and our coaches right now, I mean, my assistant coach Reed Smith is, is, is the best scout person I've ever seen at any level his attention to detail the thing is when you find a good staff i've said this on other podcasts i i mean i talk like 30 percent of practice now or 40 percent of practice because we are like a well-oiled machine and i i literally i have a i have an assistant coach if nate's listening that does my scouting he comes he it's like a college program I, I we try to run it that way like he takes that team he takes it and then he comes back to me gives me the information gives me the clips blah 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 the scout and i go through it and then i'll ask some questions and i'll go through it with it's unbelievable when you find people like that find their what i tell coach head coaches is find your assistant coach's superpower too like my like nate is a great organizer he's a great x and o guy he he's great at scouts those are his superpowers i'm gonna feed his superpower because it makes all of us better it makes him better so that i think that that's a life lesson but uh yeah yeah go ahead yeah. i'm sorry i mean every every coach has their own knack like what they're great at and I think you that's that's a great reference to, you know, finding what they're great at and utilizing it because and, and you know, this is a, as a head coach that the kids don't always come to me for everything. Sometimes they'll come to your assistant and uh, good cop, bad cop. Sometimes you got to be bad cop. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think putting them in front of our kids in a head coaching style, like letting them like I do some things in our practice plan that they drive home the emphasis rather than me. They need right. to hear their voice sometimes over than me. Now they're fine tuned to my voice. Right. However, they need to understand what he's doing um, is important as well. You use a whistle practice? I do. I do use okay. a whistle. Uh, I'm not whistle driven on on control sometimes. Um, I don't. I, do. use, I haven't used one in 25 years. I, I'm a whistle guy. I, I think oh, why? Because I want them in tune with me. Yeah. Like, I don't care if the whistle, I don't care if the whistle goes off in a game and it blows, you know, half the time yeah. the whistle's wrong. Yeah. I think I don't like want this. to be whistle driven. Like I don't like to stop yeah. practice a lot. I try not to stop it, especially through mistakes. They got to learn through mistakes. And I think, I, I think it's just a personal thing for me because, you know, usually when a practice goes bad and I start to get frustrating, that whistle starts to get, I start to chew down on that whistle a little bit harder. So I think it's just really for me more than it is for the yeah. purpose of the whistle. The last thing I think is, is extremely important for a coach, any coach, whether young, old, is understanding your why. I believe it's ex extremely important to understand why we do things. Um, because if you don't, you lose you lose the end focus of what you're really doing it for. In everything. Like I can tell you from the from the, the coaches I've been talking to about practice, like you should ask about why you do everything. Like why are you getting on the bus that way? Why are you mm -hmm. like everything should have a why. Sometimes it's hard to come up with the answer to the why, but everything should have a why. I think no, that's great. Agreed. Yeah, agreed. And if you don't, it's like you talked about earlier, is like you lose that motivation to right. but here's my why. My why is that I feel like every athlete deserves a coach who believes that's I think that every every athlete deserves something like that. and then it's obviously to me it's bigger than ball this picture here is for pancreatic cancer we had a, a, a mama close to our program 
that her lost her daddy pancreatic cancer. She does this huge, huge fundraiser week and, and we dress in purple. Well, all of our kids get dressed up in purple. That has nothing to do with basketball. Um, it has everything to do with um, supporting others and being there for others. And that is my why. I, well, I, man, I tell the youth coaches that are listening, you do not want to be a kid's last coach. That should be your goal in life. Like, obviously, as head coaches in the high school level, we might be their last coaches just because of ability. I never want to be a kid's last coach. Like, when I was a youth coach, I always thought about that. I don't want to be the last one. I want them to love the game and keep playing it. So yeah, so your contact stuff, I will put I'll put all this in the show notes. So if people want to get a hold of you and or call you or tweet at you or you have Snapchat coach? Do you have Snapchat? Do I have Snapchat? I do not, man. I do not. I probably should. You, but... you should. You should. Like <laughs> so I, I I've only had it for two years and I'm an old dog. But I got it, had my assistant set it up for me, and I basically have a chat. And they call it like it's Coach Colin with Coach. They have a they have a chat with Coach, and it's like highlighted, so they That's know cool. when they're snapping. And that one, I'm on it, and then they have one without Coach. I don't know. I just I have a Facebook and I have Twitter. And yeah, I have Facebook. Instagram. They're not on Facebook though. The parents are on Facebook. The kids aren't on Facebook. I have an Instagram. They like Instagram. Really, Instagram. It's good. just to monitor really them. It's not really to. It's not Instagram's really good for pictures and stuff like that. TikTok's kind of. They're kind of. That's the big, yeah. That's the big deal, and I, I'm sorry. Some of these things that I just, as it evolves, I don't know if I'm ready to evolve with it. I, I just try to, just because I, I was doing TikToks for like two, for like a month when this quarantine started, just so they could <laughs> see me, like yeah. that, you know, me being funny and doing dad jokes and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um. All right. So some questions for me. Tell me, um, hey everybody. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. Um. Just a couple things. First of all, big shout out to teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. They allow us to do these. They, you know, um, they'll, they allow us to become me, become a better basketball coach, but allow us to keep, you know, the equipment and the editing and all the things I need to do to run three podcasts, high school hoops and teacher side gig. And this one, um, that allows me to pay the bills. So go over and check it out. And if you like this podcast, we would ask that you go over and subscribe and leave a review wherever, um, you listen. We would appreciate that. All right, let's head back to the podcast. Tell me your coaching philosophy in one sentence. Uh, just coaching philosophy in general. Yeah, you're, you're in one sentence. I think it goes back to some of the things that we want to we want to we want to build. I want to put a product out there that our our community and our players and our coaching staff can be proud of. Okay, that's um, that's a perfect. Um, <laughs> what what do you think your biggest challenge is as a head coach? Yeah, I think biggest challenge is always going to be. Um, I think the biggest challenge for me is never feel like I, I know everything. Is always coming, continuing to be. Uh, you know, the cliche word right now, the high word is a lifelong learner, um, and and never settle with just mediocre. I think always trying to challenge myself is my biggest challenge. I like to push myself farther than you know than to be expected probably, but I want I want I want to be great at what I do. However, I don't want to be overly complex at what I do where, it, where I screw things up. And so I want to, I think the biggest challenge for me as a head coach is just continuing to better myself every year, continuing to promote my program, to continue to be successful and relevant. Like we talked about earlier is you want to be relevant. You want to be, you know, not, not for me, but I want to know, I want everybody around us to know what, what we're doing in P Ridge and what we're doing as a school district. Yeah. I think the lifelong learner thing, I wish I knew as much as I did in my twenties. Cause I thought I knew everything in my twenties. I don't think I know anything now. So it's one of the reasons I started the podcast. I wanted to learn more things. Yeah. I think lifelong learner, you know, that growth mindset, it, it is the kind of the mm -hmm. thing to say, but yeah. it's true. 
you yeah. can see my where we're doing my thing all the books i have yeah, um absolutely. so it's that's just kind of um is there one coaching moment that we could dive into that would be a learning uh, learning experience and a success a failure uh, a moment in your coaching career that would intrigue or allow the listeners to learn something i think two years ago you know like i said the maturation of our of our offense and evolution of our of our offense of where it started to where it's gone um, for me, a coaching moment to where I kind of knew exactly where we wanted to go and where it kind of, it was like, for us, um, you know, I look at my boys coach and he runs a lot of sets and, and set plays and stuff. And I'm a set play guy, I like set plays. I mean, we've had a bunch. When I transitioned over to women's sports, we couldn't run a whole bunch because, not because they couldn't learn it, but it was just a lot for them to remember. Right. Um, and we have to create this environment of playing all the time because, like, guys – They'll get out and play pickup and and all that. Girls, you have to force that a little bit. And so it's, it's it's my whole theory. Like when they're in fifth grade, a boy has street cred if he can play hoops on the playground at recess. Girls don't have that. It's different. It's a it's it's a different like. And I think hopefully that's changing. But boys, that's like a hierarchy of when you're an athlete. In like I can see it in the elementary school. Yeah, I mean, and there's no social. There's no social prominence when you're a girl and you're you're doing that. I think that's changing, and I think maybe in 20, 30 years it'll even be better. It's a, but tre- it's a, it's a trending deal. Um, it's a trending. Have, it's trending you, up. You have your you have your classes that do do that. Like yes. I've got a group that that did do that at that. Right. Um, you have those ones that are interested in other things, and right. so capturing that lower so you can try to do that is important as a head coach. That's hard because you've got it. That's that's something that's taught. Yeah. That's not something that you just do naturally. I think that's taught. Parents are a big help during that during that process of creating that letting, I mean nowadays like they come in and play video games and blah 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 they never go outside and um, you have to you have to teach that and, and make that um, something that's important to your program oh back to your question um, so um, during the evolution of our offense we had a couple years ago we were we were I had a kid it was kind of a cool uh, sequence of events that happened i had um that kid that i showed you that playing college ball that we went and watched um we were down three points with six six seconds something like that and we had the full court to go and i had one time or i had two timeouts and the coach that we were playing ran a, a zone defense and man had gone to both uh, played a three two zone and then had gone to man switching man and so I wanted to run out of the net a transition offense set without burning the timeout with six seconds. The ball goes through the net, the free throw puts him up three, and I wanted to go. Well, at the free throw line, I'm I'm talking to my point guard at the time, and I said, "Hey, Holland, we let's go with this." And uh, you know, I, I just called out, and Holland, my best player, all state player, looks at me and goes, "Oh my gosh, what is that?" And she flinched, and she had a moment of of uncertainty there the brain fart basically yes yes and that, things that just happened that, that bothered me because yeah. i felt like we had run that in practice we had you know we, we do transition all the time but if my best player then i know my other four are not going to be have the confidence as well so at the time the ball goes through the net i burn one and i'm like man i really didn't want to burn it i really at least wanted to get to half court i didn't want i didn't want them to set what i wanted them to stay in the defense that we're in so but I felt like if I, we were just gone, I don't know if we would have got the outcome right. that we wanted. So I tell them I got one more. 
And I tell them, I said, we're going to advance it. It was only a 30-second timeout, and I wanted to use my full of the second. We're going to advance it to half court, and then we're going to run it off the side. That way I can kind of see what they're in. Well, I drew up a set play off the side for a zone, a set play off the side for a man. You know, everybody's good. We're all ready to roll. We get on the sideline, and my best player, again, thinks that they're in man, and I'm telling them which one to run versus zone because they are in zone. That She thinks they're in man, so she runs the man set, and my, my point guard runs it correctly and realizes, oh, that's not the action and the clock's ticking down clock's ticking down well she heaves one up off the backboard from half court goes in we'd send it to overtime and end up winning got lucky and won and so the whole point of this story was is I looked at that and I said I don't want when I call out set plays that have meaningless if I say hey let's run five or let's run Bama or this that they look at me and go what is Bama and how do I correlate that to what we're doing and so we took our language and trans we we took our language and, and, and built it even further and we went all action driven. And so when you see, when you see me yell out a verbiage of what something is, if I yell out bang, well, bang may be a ball screen in our motion offense. Right. And, right. and so, or if I, you know, I have a um, number system with it as well for fours and positions right. and, and we went completely positionless. It was still running our same offense, but we changed our language. And so now, without them knowing, I'm running set plays without them saying, hey, it's right. and, there, and there's not the stress of it because it, what, and, and people are listening to this years from now. We're in the, we're in the quarantine stage right now. But kids, kids deal with stress differently. And you don't really know how they're going to deal with it until they're put into it. I mean, we can try to simulate it in practice, but you didn't know how your star was going to react to it's, that. It's not her fault. It's, it's, it's not her fault. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, but you, you probably practiced it, and she probably knew it. And then something happened, yeah. and that, and that yep. stress of the end of the game caused her to react. I see it in my house. My kid's going to a little Ivy. He's super smart. He's going to Middlebury. He is super unmotivated. He has been motivated for 18 years. He is a great student. He's super unmotivated right now. Because you know what? He's under stress. He, this isn't, he's not seeing his friends. He's graduating from high school. Whatever. I, I could care less about that at this point. But but I didn't know how he was going to react to it. Some kids are, some kids want structure. They want more work. It's not against you or her. It's just like, you didn't know that. that and that's the, that's for the young coaches. That's where you got to pivot. Like, yeah, okay. We, that, had to, we had to build, we had to, we still kept our same philosophies and all that, but I wanted to trigger that brain activity that when I, that action is called, that they know exactly what that action is. Right. And it, there had to be some form of correlation. And, and when you do that as a young coach and you're building, I mean, I we built our own offense. Right. Completely built it. So did we. We, 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 if you saw our offense, you'd say, Oh, you know, and we used to run the swing and we used to run blocker mover and we used to run those things because we're Wisconsin. Obviously, that's huge there. <laughs> we run, we don't run the read and react, but we run the read and react. We don't run the dribble drive, but we run the dribble drive. Pieces of this that work for mm-hmm. our kids. So um, yep. Yeah. And, and next year's team will probably run something similar to this year's team. But two years from now, I can tell you right now, we're going to be very guard heavy. Yeah. We're going to tweak it again because this will work here and this won't. So I love that because you're making them players we have yeah i mean and so we took our motion principles we run some jay wright villanova stuff yeah um and it was a ball screen motion but we took some of that ball screen action we add uh you know if we wanted to we could put in a language for flex or we could put in a language for um flare screens or um you know we, we would control that based upon what initial action what um all right, next one. What's the what's the hardest concept to teach? I think the hardest concept to teach for us, um, especially when you're starting out, is is 
teaching them the complete game. I think on the female side, um, because females and males, there's not a lot of people that sit, sit down and watch college basketball or, or, or pro basketball. Anymore. Um, and so understanding what specific actions are, like what is a flare screen? What is a slip or a curl? Um, you know, what is a, a back screen or a UCLA screen? They don't know that. And so concepts like that, you've got to break. They're watching, they're watching highlights. That's yeah. what they're watching on YouTube. Yes. At least boys are. Or, yeah. or they're watching one-on-one moves. I mean, boys are watching, hey, how did Kobe cross over and, and make that guy fall? And that's all they care about, teaching the concepts of how. And, and like you said, read and react is the hardest thing. Like how to read the defense, that's huge. That's the, I would say if, if I would say for girls basketball, the hardest thing to teach is how to read what they're doing, not what we're doing. Okay, so I love Rick. I've had Rick on my podcast a ton of times. He is truly an innovator, truly an innovator. It's like 500 hours to run his read and react. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've got it down to 30 minutes. I think I can do it in 30 minutes. I, did, I just did a, I just did kind of a semi course because it's too, I always kid, I always kid him when I talk to him. I go, is that layer 72 or is that layer yeah. 97, Rick? Yeah. My guys can't remember two layers. What are you talking about? Like, so it's like keeping, it's the kiss method um, is what I, what I think. Um, what's one thing, one thing you've learned in the last week? Well, I think, I think everything is probably extended over the last farther than the last week is with COVID we've had to build kind of a, a virtual off season per se. <laughs> and uh, as you evolve and practice and stuff like that in off season, you can't stay stagnant now that we're not even in the, in the gym. And so you better keep moving. You uh, what are you keep... doing on a side note? What are you doing for Are you running any youth camps this summer? And here's why um, we usually run a youth camp right as, as after graduation. We That's what we camp. do too. Yeah. Yep. We run youth camp and we do second grade or first grade all the way up to seven and yep. um it's a big fundraiser for us too yeah yeah, well, yeah yep. sounds yep. similar yep. and so and we bring in um you know a bunch of businesses we have about probably 15 sponsors we can't do that right now um we can't ask those businesses to sponsor one because of the economy that's not fair right. to um two it's hard to ask those parents to make those payments as well yep and so um this summer no the answer is no. I think when we get back to school and have some. We're, so, so we're not either. The reason I ask is because my phone binged here. Um, I sent out an email last night because I basically canceled ours because we're on. If you've read anything about Wisconsin, we're we're not on a stay-at-home order. But where yeah. I live in Milwaukee, mm-hmm. we yeah. are. Yeah. And we will be till July. Um, mm-hmm. The two big cities, at least, will be. Um, I'm not going to put my kids. I'm not going to put my staff. I'm not. We're not going into a gym. Sorry. Yeah. So I sent out an email yesterday. That's why I asked. And I said, hey. Here's what I'm going to do. I want to do a virtual one. Well, I'll, you know, I'll put some stuff up. I'll check in with your kids. Are you interested? And I'm getting about 50 50 because I think they want something for their kids to do. I really do. Um, so we built, we built a virtual program. Um, we have, um, we, ha- we kind of go on like an eight block off season. And yeah. so some of those things, like we do, like obviously your skill, ball handling, fundamentals, yep. and form shooting, and all that. And one of the things we did was competitive drills. That's on the end. We want to be competitive. Well, that's why we're in the gym. And so we had to be, we had to be really creative. Um, we stole an app, not stole, but we, we utilize an app uh, called Home Court that our kids yep. do for the competitive because it's time and score. Yep. Those um, Home Court's great. Yeah. It's yeah. phenomenal. And yep. and so our kids are really bought into that. That's just like one small piece of it. But the good, you know, I always try to look at the glass half full with some of this stuff. This sucks. We can't be we can't be in the gym building our athletes the way we intended to. That personal relationship part, if you're relationship driven, is very hard because you're not face to face, and so you've got to find ways outside of that. But this is we've extended this all the way down into our youth club, and so like they get a sneak peek of what we're doing in our program. So 
those ones that are in our youth club get to see what we're doing. And so it's not like, even though we're not getting to do the camp, we're still getting stuff down to our younger kids. Okay. Yeah. That's the key is what I think is the key is to get them something to do. Um, especially in the off season. All right. So I'm going to give, go through my rapid fire here. I'll add a couple of these. So I'll just ask you a question. Usually it's a, it's pretty, I call it rapid fire because their answers are pretty quick tend to be, um, unless I jump in and then they tend to be longer. Uh, what's your favorite brand of basketball, the ball you play with the round ball. Usually the reason I say that is because I say brand of basketball and people go, I'm fast break. I'm slow down. And it's like, you know, the actual ball, what's your favorite ball, basketball. Did you guys have to go to the new uh, basketball this year? The orange? No, we used, we use a uh, Spalding TK thousand or whatever it is. Uh, or... We used to use the waves. The wave is my favorite form of basketball. Okay. That's what, uh, I think it's Wilson. Wilson. That's Wilson. Now somebody just changed, right? Like the NBA. We did. The we NBA. Did. We had to go off to oh, what's it called? It's like it's like like what we used to play with in out in the yard. It's like bright orange. Can't remember what it is. So, Ar- so the Arkansas State Association must have gotten a good kickback from these people. Somebody made some money. Yeah. Somebody made some money. I'm <laughs> telling you, whenever they change yeah. a ball, somebody's yeah. paying somebody. I'm yeah, telling some, you. Some company got uh, – well, I know that our provider that provides most of our equipment, they they made a good chunk of money off yeah, of it. Yeah, because everyone needs to buy a new one. Um, what's one word to describe your ideal player? Tough. Uh, if you go to one sporting event in the world, what would it be and why? March Madness. Um Going to the local, I wouldn't even say probably the final four. Oh, the final! I took my son to the final four, and I hadn't been in like twenty years. It was awesome to see yeah. Virginia win it and stuff. It was awesome. Yeah, I would go to that just because it's a you spectacle. Can game, yeah. You can watch game after game after game and be right in. I think that would be. You know, they did in Oklahoma City, I think last year, and uh, um, you know, it's right down the road from right. us. And so, but it's okay. um, that would be it. Uh, do you have a superstition? I'm not really a superstitious guy. I, I, I mean, I'm a baseball guy, really, but I'm not. I'm not, not no. Baseball guys are the most superstitious know, of all. I know. I, know. Um, I, I take that back. This year when we were in our, our uh, regional tournament, it was funny because I'm usually not. And um, our bus was full. Our cheer had to go with cheer had to go with our girls down to the, the regional tournament. And and me and my assistant. And my intern and our athletic trainer rode in the truck. Well, we won. We had to win two games to get into the regional. And so we all rode down in the truck. Well, then we won that day. And so the next day we turned around, we had to play again. And so we're all getting on the bus and there was room that time. And I said, uh, we're all riding in the vehicle, vehicle. Again. not changing anything. So, I, I don't want to lie. I, I, I tell the story of Eaton, like in my first run at the state tournament, I think I, I had the, the first game of the season, I had like a number three at McDonald's. <laughs> and we were undefeated until the state championship every day. Every I day. I'm a creature of habit too. So maybe more than a superstition, but creature of habit. Well, and I tell people, I, they, the, the boys say coach is super, cause I have to like to be, a, I have to be the last one on the bus. There's some things I do, but I said, it's not about, I, if I don't do it, we're going to lose. Yeah. It's more about life. It's about the ritual. Like yeah. we're getting ready yeah. to play. Why mm-hmm. do I have you wear a tie to the, to the day oh. of the game? Cause I want you thinking about it. Yeah. Um, like it's more about have, that ritual. Uh, I have to have um, cinnamon gum for game. Like it's oh, a, oh, if, I if I don't have cinnamon, it's just if it's if it's mint, I'm, I'm out. Like See, I, I have I have to have gums. It, it keeps me from yelling at the officials more. <laughs> That's why I put it in, and then it will fall out once in a while. I'll pick it up, put it back in. The student body loves that. They go, Coach, that was disgusting. I go, 
Cinnamon gum or cough drops is yeah. usually what my go-to. Is. I don't know. I used to do that with the gum. I don't know with this COVID thing if I put it back in my mouth. <laughs> in the old days, I would. Um, one skill not being taught in today's game. One skill, uh, probably mid-range, mid-range jumper. And I told my son, I said, man, there's a golden nugget there in college if you can get a mid-range because it's open. <laughs> mid-range, everybody's high on free throws and layups. Um, yeah. excuse me three points in layups three-point line and layup so i think that mid-range is a whole golden gem for some coaches out there it's, it's open it's, it's open yep well i mean like there's one team in our league that like we we stat you know we do a lot of statistics stuff and scout but um you know if i'm doing a shot chart on on an opposing team we'll take about five or six games before we play them and most of our teams are in the paint or on the three-point arc and so so there's one team that just lives and dies by that 15 footer and they're good. I mean, they're all good. And, um, and it's, it's the style that in which they play, but he's an old school guy. Like he's, he, he just retired, but he'd been coaching for 30 years. And so it just shows you that the game's evolved, but he hasn't. And they're still very successful around that. Mid right. And the thing is it's open, like those shots, he's probably getting, if you can, I mean, Michael Jordan made a career on mid range and bank well, shots. Closer, closer you get to the basket, the easier the shots are. I mean, right. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, that's a lost, that's a lost art. Um, one thing you do to relax. I'm a spiritual guy. You know, I, I, I enjoy a church guy um, spending time doing that. So that's, that's one way. I'm a big fisherman. I love to fish. I used that's to funny. fish before I started coaching. Yeah, I, used to fish. I, I have, I have, you know, we break our calendar up into a six season calendar. I have, and I, I say it's eight because I go off season, preseason, in season, off season, preseason, in season, fishing season, you know, <laughs> so, it's gotta be hot in Arkansas in the summer though. It is. When you get to August, it gets a little bit, it gets a little bit, we kind of, we're right in the middle. So you, you get all four seasons really. You well. do. That's nice. That's nice. Um, uh, one coaching technique. Um, no, no, I did that. Uh, best basketball player of all time. That best basketball player you've seen in person. In person, probably Joe Johnson. I watched Joe Johnson play when he was in um, high school down at Little Rock. Phenomenal. Uh, best game you've seen in person. Um, we had a team. We had a team in our conference. I was. We were. We were at a conference tournament. Now this is. I mean, I could probably go with college or whatever. But I had a team. They were down twenty-eight in in. Two and a half quarters down 28 and came back and won. You remember those? I'm telling you. Oh, you don't forget yeah. them. I mean, and it was one of those things. It was like it was climatic. It was like a. I mean, it was like a scene from a movie. I know. I mean, when it, it was, and, and that was to punch their ticket to go to the next round. It was phenomenal. You never forget those. Um, one word to describe your coaching style: flexible. Um, best coach of all time: Shusevsky at Duke is. Is probably obviously gonna. I think that that's who I would look at. I mean, but there's so many good ones. There so are. Many. It is. It's. It, it, it. This is one of the harder questions I normally ask. There's so many. I mean, I can. I can name. I can name so many. You know, pop. You can go pop. You can go. Yes. Wood. I mean, you know, like. Pop. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I'm a big Jay Wright fan. I, think I know. We, there's uh, lots of them. Trust there's me. Tons. Uh, one book you'd recommend? Would you? Would you use the one you were talking yeah, about? Yeah, I'd use that one. Burn your goals. I think. Um, that's a phenomenal book. If you haven't read that, it'll change the way you, it'll change the way you look at things. Okay. And then this is always the last question of the podcast is what would you tell a young coach or your younger self? If you could have a time machine and go back, what would you, what would you say? What would you say to yourself 10 years ago? Or what would you say to a young coach that's listening to this? Enjoy the process. I think that's number one, um, because it is, it's a process. Um, very rarely do we, we land in situations where it's already 
established and right. regard, regard and if it is you're following a legend which isn't going to yeah. be easy either yeah, yeah. no yeah. no and so just enjoy the process enjoy the moments because those are what's going to make the year fun um have that fire um that you do for everything have it in practice every day um build your culture build your brand yeah you know, your kids and and not just you your kids need to know that um, it's the memories. I'm telling you, it's the memories. It's, mm -hmm. I mean, I've won. We, we, I mean, we've been to the state tournament ten. I don't know, ten times and won three state. I mean, we've been there. But it's the memories. It's the things. Mm -hmm. that, you know, it's the bus rides. It, yeah. You know, it's all those memories, and that's what you I. Know, we were we were down at state finals with the boys, and I was the head girls coach at the time. It was my first year, but it was that first class that I had here, and the boys coach. He said, "Hey." I could really use you if you would, I would like to bring you, if you wouldn't mind sitting on the bench. And I said, sure. You know, I mean, these are my kids. I had right. them. Um, he only had a two man staff at the time. Could he use the help? And, um, and so I, we get down there and I just remember telling him like, dude, just take it all in. Like this is hard. It's, there's so many things that go into a state title run that have to go right. My best, my best team didn't win it. My best team didn't win it. I, it didn't. It had three Mr. Basketballs. It had an NBA guy. My best team didn't win it. Yeah. The stars have to align perfectly. Mm -hmm. Got to stay healthy. You know, look at Virginia last year. Virginia won a couple games that they shouldn't have won. Mm -hmm. And they were a really, really, really good team. Very good, yes. <laughs> but the, but the stars aligned perfectly team. for them that year. You know? Other than Texas Tech, probably the best defensive team in it. Yeah. I mean, so it's like, that's what that, so I, yeah, I always tell people take those, take those visual pictures. Mm -hmm. Um, and every, those are the memories the you know, the birth of your child, like, mm -hmm. you know, the day you met your wife, all those things, those are memories. Those are, that's what you're going to remember. And I think you're right about the process coach. All right. So you didn't, we didn't break the record as far as length goes. Cause I think the length, <laughs> the record's like three hours, but we're, we're, we're in that good category. So I really do appreciate you taking time out to do this. This was great. It's, it's A lot of cold fun. nuggets. It's been fun. I, I hope to, hope to get to do it again. I'd love to love to talk. I know we didn't get to X's and O's part. We'll get to X's and O's. I'll put you on the list. That's, that's always fun. Time. So yeah, we'll do that. Awesome. All right. Hey everybody. I hope you're enjoying this. Um, Make sure if you want to hear more, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. If you want to hear other podcasts, go over and check out High School Hoops and Teacher Side Gig by Coach Collins. And subscribe, like, review all of them. Five-star reviews would be nice. Have a great day. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.